2: It's TRB Unleashed. Happy Monday to you all. Today, we have Garrett Wong and Megan Elise back on The Real Brian Show. Garrett and Megan were on TRBS way back, way back in 2016 on episode number two. Yes, the second episode of all. Garrett and Megan Ron. Well, they're both here to catch us up on what's new with them, share some more powerful Unleash the Superhero stories, and give us their thoughts on Star Trek Picard, and, you know, other Trek in general. So let us rock it. Oh my, I am excited. Welcome to The Real Brian Show. Thank you for listening. Really, really appreciate it. Hope you're having a great day so far. And you know what? This episode is going to make your day even that much better. So excited to be bringing these interviews to you. It's fun. It really is. It's inspiring. It's fun. It's funny. It's happy. It's positive. There's all kinds of good stuff. And if you remember way back, yes, the very second episode of the real Brian show, by the way, that is titled the root of the issue. If you want to go back and look, you're going to have to, you're going to have to scroll a ways all the way back to the very, very, very beginning of the real Brian show, the root of the issue, Garrett and Megan came on back in 2016. It's been almost four years already. Garrett shared absolutely amazing story of an experience that he had on a plane with an angry flight attendant and if you remember he was talking about you know he was gonna go up and kind of let her have it like why are you treating me like this but he chose to take the higher road he unleashed a superhero that story is still one of the most talked about stories to this day by many of you and if you've never heard that episode yet and you're thinking oh my gosh I, I don't even know this story you have to go back and listen to it okay I'll make sure to link that episode in the show notes, realbryanshow.com slash 222. That's this episode. You can go back and uh, you can link to that and go check it out. Listen to the episode. Yeah, because it's good. If you get a chance to hear that episode first, before you hear this one, it'll make a little bit more sense. But for those of you who don't already know who Garrett is, he played Ensign Harry Kim on Star Trek Voyager. And I met Garrett and his wife, Megan at Dragon Con. Gosh, it's been almost five years ago already. (laughs) Back in 2015, back in the day, I'm going to tell you what, Dr. Rob Dog, or Drop Dog, he and I also got a chance to go down to Galaxy Fest in Colorado Springs in 2016. Gosh, time flies. I'm telling you what. We got to hang out with Garrett and Megan at the con. We've kept in touch since. I had a feeling that when Garrett and Megan were going to come back on, that they would have another Unleash the Superhero story for us. And they do, by the way. In fact, they have two stories. You are going to love them. As I mentioned, we're also going to be hearing their thoughts and insights, which I'll tell you what, it's great to have good insights from a Star Trek actor on Star Trek shows. So they're going to talk about Star Trek Picard. They're going to talk about other treks, even Star Trek Discovery. And of course, we'll talk about other things, too, because, you know, it's the real Brian show after all. So Garrett and Megan, welcome back to the real Brian show. Thank you. I cannot believe this, but it has been close to four years already. But you came on way back on episode two. And now here we are more than 200 episodes later, man. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Wow. Wow. That was great. I really appreciate it. People still to this day, by the way, talk about your story. It's still one of the most talked about clips on any episode on the show. So far was that story with the flight attendant, you know, where you end up and asked her like, what's wrong, what's going on. And you know, that was like one of our first amazing examples of unleashing the superhero. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, somebody was bringing that story up and I thought, man, it's really impacted people. (laughs) <laughs> well, when we
1: were kind of prepping for this, you mentioned maybe if we had another story some, similar to that. We actually there is a story that we can talk about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we were. Yeah,
1: we flew back into Calgary one day years ago, and the cab driver is driving us back to our house in Calgary. As we're driving along, this one pedestrian that is just weaving all over the place just cuts him off, like you know, very obvious and very annoying. And come on, didn't say a thing. Typically, when I'm driving, I'm, I'm an LA driver living in LA for so many years. <laughs> being an LA driver, you, you kind of, you, you get very close to being road rage-ish. You know, you get to that level when you, there's a lot of squaring going on when you drive in LA. <laughs> and so I said, come on, that guy just cut you off. Aren't you going to honk at him or something? Or, or I mean, w- what the heck? You know, and yeah. he turns around. I'm going to imitate him. I'm going to do his, his accent. Oh, he yeah. said, um, what would that do? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? what would that do if I honked at him or if I tried to say something, you know, out the window to him, what would it do? And I said, well, maybe make you feel better. He's like, but it will not change anything. (laughs) 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 We were like, yeah, you, I guess you're right. You know, he's already, he has already cut me off and that is what he has chosen to do. So I am There is nothing that I need to do. I just allow him to do what he is going to do. And I don't, Choose to be affected by what he has done, you know. And I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. And so the rest of the cab ride was just Kamal kind of teaching us about life and just you know letting things go and wow. and and not going to the first, you know the obvious place again is to go to anger and to go to comfort and say like you know I'm going to stand up for my rights. And I almost feel like as Americans, American citizens are more apt to complain and stand up because that's how we sort of became a country. Right. We had to stand up for our rights against England and we had to fight for it. And so that is sort of like in the collective consciousness of the American citizen. And that's not in the Canadian citizens. Canadians Mm. didn't have to really fight like that, like Americans did. And so I think Canadians really handle stress and adversity better than most Americans do. But Kamal was so amazing. When we got back to the house, we're pulling, I'm opening up my wallet. He's like, put your wallet away. I'm like, what? <laughs> today is a free ride for you and a lesson about life. And oh I'm like, "My <laughs> gosh!" <laughs> <laughs> so he, he didn't even charge us. That's amazing. For
2: ride. And I, oh, was like, man. I was
1: like, I was like, come on. I honestly, I think I owe you more yeah, than exactly. what the ride is. I yeah. think I should, I should throw a $20 tip on top of that. Oh He's gosh. like, no, my friend, you know, this is a day that you have learned something. And uh, I hope that you will continue to practice this, what I have taught you, and I'm like, wow. okay. <laughs> you signed him an, oh. I did. I signed him an autograph photo, so he oh, had notes. Awesome, Star Trek. Yeah, oh, Oh my goodness, you're on Star Trek. I'm
2: like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah. first of all, amazing accent, by the way. I actually sounded like I was listening to him, even though I don't know the guy. <laughs> so that was great. I was thinking as you were talking through that, I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah. First of all, I'd be like. I'm offended. I need to stand up for my rights. There's a part of me that also says I need to teach him a lesson so that he doesn't do it to someone else. But then of course, is that person ever going to learn the lesson from me?
0: No, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. By the way,
1: Brian, this is Kamal. I'm here. Really? really. I you you are talking, you're listening to me. I'm sitting in their living room.
2: Just kidding. (laughs) He just, he lived, he moved in with you guys. He's like your, your mentor now. Yeah, he's our, he's our yogi.
0: Pretty much so. I mean, like, whenever one of us gets frustrated or annoyed and we know the other is going to like react,
1: we would say, we What would Kamal do? Yeah, like right. that. And then we just nice. shut both up but in a will second. What would Kamal we're like, oh, do? we're like, Oh, God.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: yeah. Do you do the voice, though? Or, or if you don't, if you want it more abbreviated, <laughs> you could say
2: WWKD, right? Yep. So there you WWKD. go.
1: WWKD. What Kamal do?
2: Now, have you seen Kamal ever again? Or was it just one of no, those? Like, no, you know, no.
1: I, I almost feel like he was really just, he, he probably was just an angel. Yeah. It wasn't really, you know, he picked us up, had to <laughs> show us that lesson. It was actually Jesus. It was yeah, who, yeah, He gave the disguise of of this Kamal,
0: Kamal
2: yeah. person. And the cat disappears cl- and he goes up to heaven.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> that'd be funny. Like, if I look out the window, wait, I go, I mean, the cab literally disappeared. I mean, there's no cab there.
1: Oh, yeah. my God.
0: He took a photo. <laughs>
1: of yeah. I could see my headshot. It's ascending up into the sky. Yeah. What the
0: heck?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You, you never know. You always wonder about things like that. You know, you, I've had interactions with people like that before, and you're kind of going, that just didn't seem like a real human being. Something was definitely yeah. not normal there. I think everyone has those those touched um, by an angel yeah, moment. touched by an angel moment, or yeah. or or
1: where you're dealing with something where almost ethereal, almost otherworldly, other plane of existency. You know, where you're thinking, did that just happen to us? It's just kind of, huh. That's something that I've been trying to espouse ever since having that encounter with him. You know, and just really yeah. being less reactionary when I'm out in public. You know, and just letting things happen, especially when I'm driving. You know, I'm just trying to just not get to that old me, which was road rage me. You know? Yeah.
2: It's such an issue for, I think all of us in some way. I mean, there's some passive people in the world that really just like, whatever, I don't care. You can punch me in the face 20 times and I just, it doesn't matter. Although I think eventually yeah. they'd probably yeah. care, but you know, I don't know. Most, most people though, I think have a reaction of some kind, you know, where it's yeah. just like, you know, this is just not okay. And you know, standing up to the bully is a good thing, but at the same time, you know, it just causes stress and anxiety too. We don't need that either.
1: Yeah. Megan being Canadian is I think just much better at realizing that, you know, you know, let things go. Yeah, you know? just let it and go. so she'll she's always kind of my voice of reason, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, and then if I don't stop, that's when she pulls out. Think about Kamal. Think yeah. about Kamal. And that's that'll pull me back. Yeah. Her typical thing of like, just let it go. Don't say anything. I usually don't heed that first warning. Mm-hmm. I need like a second or third warning. And then I then I back off.
2: I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, Sarah's like you, Megan. And I'm more like you, Garrett. It's just like, yep. She's yeah. always like, calm down, calm down. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm like, but it does matter. <laughs> Part of my quick to anger is based in
1: growing up in Memphis, Tennessee, where I was the target of racism on a daily basis. Like, just being called a racial name every day of your life when you're in grade school to junior high to high school kind of does its toll on you, you know, where you kind of have a chip on your shoulder. In the sci-fi world, I would say the other person that shares my experience would probably be the actor that plays Cisco, Avery Brooks, being African-American, was a young man in the turbulent 60s, so his chip on the shoulder regarding race is huge. Like, he really... When he was working on that show, he made sure that everybody on that show and the crew had to call him Mr. Brooks. Nobody could call him by his first name. Wow. Avery. You had wow. to say Mr. Brooks to him. And and that's you got a chip. You're working with a chip, you know, and I, and I get I get it. When you constantly get abused because of your color of your skin, it really does a number on you. You know, I just kind of want to continue along the Kamal line. I wanted to mention something, a story about my uncle. My uncle was the youngest general in Taiwanese military history. Wow. Yes. And he, when he was a young officer, the, the United States did this training program where they invited young officers from around the world to come to the U.S. to train with the U.S. military somewhere in Maryland or Virginia. And then each year they would change, you know, what branch of service they took from each, each Asian country. Year 13 of this program. They would take the Navy candidate from Korea, the Army candidate from Japan. But the year that my uncle, he got selected, they chose the Army candidate from Taiwan and he was the Army candidate. And so he went to train in the U.S. During the weekend, they took all the young officers on a sightseeing tour of Washington, D.C. On the second stop, there was a, a young Vietnamese officer that was on the bus along with my uncle and a bunch of other people around the world. And when they got back on... These two, and this is funny. We talk about Canadians being more easygoing. These two guys actually were Canadians. So of the Canadian population, I'm going to say 95% are really cool and then 5% are a- So these guys belong to the 5%. They got back on the bus and they threw the Vietnamese officer's backpack and belongings on the floor. Oh my god! And they sat in his chair. Yeah. So when the Vietnamese guy gets back over there, he's like, what are you doing? That's my seat. One of them looked at him and said, oh, really? It's your seat? I don't see your name written on on anywhere on this seat. Get out of here. And so they kick this guy out. The guy picks up his stuff and begrudgingly moves to another seat. My uncle saw that and he thought, no, I'm not going to. No, I can't stand. No, no, that's not right. So they get off at the next stop and my uncle makes sure that he gets back on the bus first. Mm. And he sits down in that same seat that the two Canadians had stolen from the Vietnamese guy right on the bus. So the Canadians walk up and they see my uncle and they say, um, Hey, you, get up out of my chair. Get, uh, this is our chair. Get out of our chair. Yeah. And my uncle, who speaks seven languages, perfect English, he looks at them and says, really? I do not see your name written anywhere on this. He says exactly <laughs> what they said nice. to him. And they look at him. Oh, so you're a wise guy, huh? You want to you wanna make something out of this? And my uncle says, sure. They, and so then they say, you want to take this outside? He's like, fine. My uncle walk, gets up, starts walking towards the front of the bus. And of the two Canadians... One of them is like 5'10, five, 5'11. Five, the other guy's like like 6'4. It's the shorter, mouthier one that's following my uncle, right? The 5'10 mm-hmm. one. My uncle's 5'7". So my uncle stops at the front of us, turns around and sees the 5'7 guy. And he was like, Oh no. 5'7 guy goes, he goes, what? You're chickening out? He's like, No, I'm not just going to fight you. I'm going to fight you and your friend at the same time. <laughs> Bring him on too. <laughs> Point. now the now the five foot ten guys thinking now what does this guy know he's gonna fight me and my much larger friend at the same time yeah and so use psychology to get out of that fight interesting the, the, the canadian guy goes you can have the seat you can have it and so my uncle gave it back to the vietnamese guy <laughs> like oh, here's a wow. chair back like that and so the, he avoided that right huh. but when he was young his meeting with his kamal his background was if you remember if you know world history china in, during World War II, the Nationalists led by Jiang Kai-shek, were ousted from mainland China mm-hmm. and they all fled to the island of Taiwan. Mm-hmm. what the Communist Chinese party basically you know were fighting. There was an internal civil war between the Communists and the nationalists. The nationalists lost, and one million nationalists fled to China, including my three-year-old father and my four-year-old mother, right and their families. Mm-hmm. And so when they got there, there were already Chinese living in Taiwan. And those were Taiwanese Chinese and there another civil war broke out. Just imagine a million newcomers in your backyard. Yeah. And they're saying, we are the leaders of China and we're, and you belong to us, blah, blah, blah. You're a province of China. Up until then, they were under Japanese rule, the island of Taiwan and Mm -hmm. the Taiwanese Chinese Mm -hmm. liked the Japanese rule. They weren't really against it. So when Japan was defeated and then the Nationalist Chinese landed. So for many, there was a civil war. And for many, many years, and even, I don't even know to this day, but for many years, there were tensions amongst Taiwanese Chinese and the the newcomers, right? The newcomer, the the mainland Chinese that showed up. So my uncle, when he was young, he was a brawler. He was fighting all the time. He was just all about trying to best every person in the neighborhood. And he was a tough guy. I mean, he, he fought everybody. And then... He got stopped by his kamal in a park, and the guy walks up and says, "You're you are," and he says my uncle's name, and my uncle goes, "How do do you know my name?" He's like, "I know who you are. I know that you are you are prone to violence and anger, and you fight right now. But your heart is is made of gold. You are a peacemaker at heart. You are someone who can stop conflict." (laughs) And and he says, "But you need to be trained. You need to be taught." Yeah, he tells my uncle to meet him at midnight every night at midnight to train like in everything in like wow. In, wow. in philosophy in martial arts right in, in everything like so he learned everything from this dude this kamal and this very mystical and it's very you know fairy tale sounding and after about a year and a half and my uncle's grades had totally suffered and was not doing that well in school because he was so tired after doing having his sessions with this master guy right after a year and a half the guy told him he says i've taught you everything you need to know you are no longer the, the troublemaker. You are now the peacemaker. Mm. And my uncle says, so what does that mean? He's like, well, you now know what you need to know and you will never see me again. My uncle went to that park next night, not there. A couple weeks later, he's checked, not there. A month later, not there. Never saw the guy again. Never saw the guy again. Wow. Now at this point, this gang from another part of Taiwan showed up specifically to his neighborhood looking for him because of his reputation of being a tough fighter. And these were Taiwanese Chinese, right? So yeah. they were looking for this this mainlander that says he's such a tough guy because they wanted to sh- teach him a lesson. They wanted to beat him up. So 20 guys find my uncle and they walk up to him. They said, you are you are so-and-so, is Chinese name. And he says, yes, that's my name. And they said, well, we're from this part of Taiwan, this neighborhood. We heard you're such a badass. We're here to test you. and We're here to fight you. And my uncle said, well, that's my past. I'm no longer the fighter. I'm the peacemaker. Mm. And they all start laughing. <laughs> <And> they're <laughs> like, course. you're the peacemaker? Really? And so then my uncle, he was trying to talk them out of it. But they said, well, we don't care who you are. And so my uncle realized that he really had no way out. He was surrounded by 20 guys. And so what he did was he, once again, using psychology, looked for the largest and most muscular of that of those 20 gang members, right? And he had his hands up saying, look, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. And that guy was pretty close to him. So he hit him six or seven times in one set like in a very short amount of time yeah and the guy went timber (laughs) and just smacked onto the pavement yeah just knocked out cold and then he calmly looked up at the other 19 and said who will be next and again (laughs) he used psychology he used a little bit of violence to stop the big violence because now he told me he said If I had hit the big guy and the guy stumbled back completely conscious, they all would have rushed me. But because I knocked him out cold, unconscious, they were all wondering if he was dead or not. Like, you know, they had no clue. So when I said so calmly, who will will be next? They just picked him up and they all left. They ran. So they took off. Man. So he had many, 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 you know, stories like that. Yeah. On on up until, you know, when he was in the military. On Voyager, we had the, the Prince of Jordan was guest starring as a walk-on role wearing a Starfleet uniform, Prince Abdullah, who is now the King of Jordan. After he had guest starred on the show, I was visiting my relatives and I didn't know this, but my other uncle told me, you know, your, your military uncle, you know, he visited Jordan you know, he has actual, a dagger, a ceremonial, you know, Jordanian dagger given to him by the prince. Like, so the prince already knew my uncle, but I didn't know that. It was like, oh God. So one of these days when I see the prince, I'm going to say, Hey, my uncle's, you know, General Wong. So we'll see what happens. That's so cool. Anyway.
2: So I just want to share
1: that other cool story with you guys. Yeah,
2: no, I appreciate that. What a great response, you know? I mean, of course he had training to get there, but I mean, it's the, it seems like it's just the right response in general. That's amazing. Yeah, wow. yeah that's really cool. You know what he yeah, sounds like? I'm not, not- going to lie. I mean, you're, you're explaining him and I'm thinking like, man, that sounds a lot like Elnor. Did they uh, model Elnor after your uncle? <laughs> El, El, who's that? Who is that? In, in Star Trek Picard. Oh, Elnor. You know, the oh, uh, the, man, the Romulan Samurai is what I call him. I always, <laughs> I always think they say El Ron. Oh, like, I don't always, it's, it's Elnor, the, the, the Romulan Samurai. That's what samurai. I mean. Well, he is. He's, hey, a, he's a freaking Bushido. I'm a gay, Brian, <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, let's start calling him a
2: Romurai from uh, now on. A, a Romurai. <laughs> okay,
1: that's I'm a like, Romulan Samurai. That's yeah, a, a Romurai. Romurai.
2: All right. Yeah. And it's a Romulan word too. It's, yes. a, it's in the language. Trust us. Yep. Romurai. <laughs> Yeah, we talk Picard since we already did, we're here. Let's now, do or? it. So you both there you, wa- you it. watched all the way through. I'm assuming
0: we both you've seen them all, right? Uh, I mean, I've, I've seen them all. Yeah, for sure. I I've
1: have. I have I've seen them all too. The last episode I didn't pay that close attention to because I was doing some other work on my my computer, so I didn't really <laughs> see
2: the, everything about that episode. But everything else I've seen. Okay. Well, overall, what did you think of the season? The show in general. Let's go with that.
0: It's tough. I was rating it for someone else the one day and I kind of got like shot myself in the, the butt. What do you mean? They were like, okay, out of 10, what do you think? And I'm like, oh, I'll be generous and give it a seven. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's because I enjoy the show. Overall, I enjoy the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I rated it that way because a lot of what they slowed down, they didn't need to slow down. And a lot of what they sped up, they should have had more of a backstory too. They should have not slowed mm. down those areas. Like, oh, I feel like they yeah. rushed near the end just to get it done and over with so they yeah. complete the season. And then, because a lot of the lines, like Data's brother or.
2: Yeah, Lore. Yeah. Or no, you're lore. talking Alton. Wait, wait, which no, one?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Alton. Okay. Yeah,
0: Lore was in TNG. A I lot wanted of the, to see Lore. Oh, that would have been great. Brent Spiner is a great actor. Yeah. But it was a lot of it was he was saying it because he had to say it just to get it done and over with. Yeah. It wasn't there was no connection. There was no um, character connection. Okay. It was just placed there because it needed to be placed there kind of thing. Hmm.
2: Well, didn't Brent Spiner even say something like, I don't ever want to play data again? Kind of seemed like he's kind of over it. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know for sure, but
1: I, I did see. Uh, I
2: think that might, you
1: know, that they may have been a quote that he had from a long time ago.
2: Are you saying that's a recent quote you heard? Uh, yeah, actually, it's like at the end of the season, once everybody saw that, oh, yeah, data's back and that's that kind the last of makes
0: time. Sense. Like, I even questioned it. I was like, how can they age him? Because even when they brought him in Picard, they kept him very data esque, but yeah. you could tell, like, he's a new person. Like, his yeah. face, little. You can heavier, tell that he's older, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, his- you,
2: you totally can. Yeah,
0: he's tired. <laughs>
2: he's and- tired.
0: <tiring. laughs> but you know, it was nice that they created that whole new character too, because yeah. you could see Brent Spiner as he is, yeah, but as an android, an aged, an aged version. Yep. So you you get that.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm kind of bummed that he said that, because then now I feel like they wasted screen time on an, an actor who doesn't even want to play his that role anymore.
2: You know, in a yeah, way, I feel like. Who knows for sure? You know, people take words out of context all the time. It's just, I I just read it yesterday and it was kind of like, eh, okay, it sounds like he's done with it. But he actually wants to come back as Alton, for sure.
0: Which makes sense. And nothing happened to him. They showed him deactivate the one android. Oh, Sutra? Alton, yeah. Yeah. And, like, you don't see anything happen to him, so he could come back in that way. And he seemed to be enjoying that character for the most part. Plus, you actually get a scene. Exactly. It's not a person behind a gold face and contacts and and yeah, they killed Data again for how many times is like It's
2: Another another dagger in the heart. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I loved that scene though. That that scene yeah, I did amazing. love when he asked Picard if he's wearing what he died in. Yeah. And oh my gosh. You can see Data is wearing what he died in in Nemesis. Yeah.
2: Mm, that was incredible. So I was
0: like, cool Easter egg.
1: I'm happy that there is just new Trek content out there. That's mm-hmm. that's what I'm most happy about. So I'm definitely down to watching everything out there. My impressions with Picard, it's definitely more real world than TNG or any other incarnation of, of Trek other than yeah. maybe Discovery yeah. in that they're dropping F-bombs and there's expletives in yeah. there, right? So there were definitely no expletives in any Voyager, TNG, DS9, original series, uh, Enterprise episode. But there was... You know an F bomber here and there in Discovery, and I guess they continued that. I don't think that you need as a writer to put in expletives in there to get a point across. I agree, like that Admiral that was sort of telling in the very early first episode, the Admiral yeah. Foulmouth Granny, kind of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> wait, <laughs> Foulmouth yeah, Granny, yeah,
2: that's what I call her, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, that was telling uh Picard off, and it's like, you know what, you could get all that stuff in there without saying the F word, yeah, you I know? Agree. if you've gone through. You know, seven seasons of, of TNG, sevens of Voyager, seven of DS9. That's 21 seasons worth plus two of uh, original, 23 plus four on, on Enterprise. That's 27 seasons worth of episodes without an F-bomb.
2: Yeah. Why start yeah. now? You know. I, know. It's like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. That I was the don't... one. the one big thing that really frustrated me as a fan too because it's like, yeah, I mean, I've been a hardcore Star Trek fan my whole life and... That was one of the things and I, I even know like with Gene Roddenberry his vision was to create like more of a utopian type of like this is the way we should be. It's yeah. not necessarily the way it is in real life, but it should be this way. Star Trek Four even, when Spock's asking Kirk all about what's with all the colorful metaphors, and he's like, Well, that's the only way they can get their point across. You know, kind of right. like insinuating that we don't need that anymore. Yeah. And there was one expletive in Star Trek Generations when they crashed the enterprise, but from data. But other than that, it was just like there's no need for it. And there was a lot of it. The sad part was, is I had a lot of listeners that were coming and saying, I used to watch all the treks with my kid and now we can't watch this, you know, cause they're not old enough to see that. And it's just like, oh, we don't yeah. want them exposed to all that. And I thought yeah. that's sad. That's really sad.
1: Yeah. You know, it's almost like some of the showrunners just, I almost wonder if they've even watched any of the prior Star Trek. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait a minute. You guys same even, have you ever seen have you ever seen Star Trek before? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. and it started with you know, when JJ Abrams took over the movies. Yeah. I love the two thousand and eight or two thousand and nine reboot. I really did love that first JJ Heffert. Mm-hmm. I did too. But he was quoted in in a magazine saying that he was never a Star Trek fan. Yeah you know, when he was and that he didn't get it. And it's like, why would you, you know, why would you let that guy do it? You know, I I don't understand. And he even even said, you know, when he was casting for that project, he says, I'm not going to cast anybody who has been in a prior, any incarnation other than Leonard Nimoy. I'm not going to cast anybody who's been in any other version of Star Trek. I'm not going to hire anyone who did visual effects, makeup, camera, any other job for any other incarnation of Star Trek. He just said that too. And I was yeah. like, wow. Why? Why would you do something yeah. like that? Yeah. Why would you just shun? Yeah. Yeah. And then when the premiere came around, guess what? He didn't invite any of us to that. Oh, man. J.J. didn't invite any of us to that premiere. It was so hurtful to me because I thought, wow. And I remember watching Entertainment Tonight was, here we are, the premiere of the new Star Trek movie. J.J. Abrams did a Star Trek. Yeah. And then they showed, they were interviewing actors that were at the premiere. And they interviewed that really Adonis-looking African-American Shamar Moore. That actor. So Shamar, they go, Shamar. And I'm like, why are, you inter- why are you interviewing him? He has nothing to do with Star Trek. You know, <laughs> he just happens to be on CBS. That's it. Yeah. And just, oh, it made me so angry. Uh, and thank God, Rod Roddenberry, thank God he actually rented out the Paramount Screening Theater, which holds like 3,000 people probably. And he invited every Star Trek actor from every incarnation of Star Trek and every crew member that he could to come watch it there that's awesome so that's awesome. that to me i thought oh my god that was so nice of, of you to do that after i saw it there i was i was blown away by that movie i ended up seeing it 13 times wow more, 13 more times at the theater um, nice. like everywhere nice. i went i saw it in a small theater in malibu i was invited to a space shuttle launch in in florida in cape canaveral and i saw it at the cape canaveral imax theater there i saw it in a theater in orlando I I made a trip to Europe. I saw it in the only IMAX theater in the Netherlands. I took a train 45 minutes out of Amsterdam just to get to that theater. And all these theaters, all these fans were in line getting tickets and looking at me going, whoa, whoa, what are you doing here? I said, well, I'm here watching a movie just like you. I ended up sitting with fans at all those times. And then the Saturn Awards came about and the special guest of honor was J.J. Abrams. (laughs) So I waited for the after party and I was standing at the door waiting for him to come in. He walks in and... I said, "Hey, J.J., thank you so much for inviting me to your premiere of the of the film." Because <laughs> I was being, you know, kind of, and so he kind of looks down, like you know, sheepishly. I said, "That's okay, that's okay." I ended up seeing your movie thirteen times in the movie theaters. I paid for fans bef- in front of me and behind me as well. Wow, <laughs> their tickets. And he was he was like, "What?" So I kind of, <laughs> you know, I patted your coffers a little bit there. <laughs> good job on the film oh man so I, st- I started with the negative like he thought I was going to come hard, hard against him and then I you know ended with a positive so but still <laughs> his lack of homage to what's already out there is kind of annoying it's like you he could have really utilized some of the wisdom of people who have worked on it
2: forever oh you know? for sure so for sure I mean know. that happened with well let's be honest the last Jedi but you know the new Star Wars trilogy it's like there's been a lot of that too so and you know yeah. he's involved with that as well and yeah yeah well so do you think that picard was not an homage to tng i mean because patrick stewart was sure involved in this you know not just as an actor but like he was he was involved in the story quite a bit yeah no there's
1: definitely points of homage like my my favorite episode is nepenthe and nepenthe it's my favorite episode because you see frakes jonathan frakes you see number one you, Mm -hmm. you see troy you see these beloved characters from TNG making their appearance and there's that, that sense of nostalgia that brings a tear to your eye, literally, when you yeah. see these guys. You're like, wow, yes. In that regard, there is homage to Trek. But I still believe that there are people that are making decisions on that show that really don't care for what came before Mm -hmm. and they're kind of more interested in what what's happening now and they have the power and they're going to exert that you know that's that's their right to do that but i think they're doing a disservice to themselves to not listen to what has you know happened before and but the good thing is patrick himself sir patrick if he does have that much input that's fabulous because then of course he's gonna he's gonna be able to put his stamp on it and kind of guide them in the right direction so we'll see Mm -hmm. and now
2: i guess there's a spinoff show that they're talking about is that right I didn't even know about that.
0: A rumored uh, Seven of Nine show.
2: So. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, that would be cool. I mean, I'm so you glad Seven was that. on the show, period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when they had the whole storyline of they were going to go
1: with this, you know, the Borg storyline, they they started looking back and saying, who, who can we pull in? And really, there's only two people. Jonathan DeLarco, who played Hugh Borg brilliantly on oh, TNG, yeah. and then uh, Jerry Ryan, who played uh, Seven of Nine on Voyager, yeah, right? So yeah, I can't really yeah. think of any other borg that come to mind that were noteworthy but brian the same happened to discovery because you know how they started with the klingons right oh yeah they approached michael dorn and they were like look we want you to be a huge part of that you know but due to contract negotiations falling through uh, they went with other people
2: Um, yeah it's too bad you know i i wish we would have seen some more characters i mean you know being that it's a continuation of picard's journey of course like i am honestly shocked that with especially in that first was a first or second episode when he's talking to his quote, longtime doctor, I'm thinking like, um, where's Dr. Crusher. That was his longtime doctor. She should have been in that. Holy cow. I don't know who this dude is. I don't care who this dude is, but where's Dr. Crusher. Like that kind of upset me. You know, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. I, yeah. That's his I, most trusted doctor. That, Brian, I was watching that
1: scene and that whole time I felt uneasy and
2: now yeah. I know why. Yeah just didn't, And then like, where was LaForge? Where was Worf? Where was Guinan? Where were any of those people? And I just thought, okay, this is, I mean, I'm glad that Riker and Troy and Data were there, but it was like, we're missing a lot of other people that they should have brought in at some point during the season somehow.
1: Yeah. Well, did you see uh, Patrick Stewart was on The View or whatever? Yeah. Is talking right? with Whoopi he,
2: about being on a yeah, season he two. Yeah. Whoopi,
1: he gave a personal invitation on live on air. Yeah. He said, hey, we want you on the show. I hope would she would comes come? back. Yeah, sure. That it
0: brings
1: wonderful. wharf prune juice. Yes, <laughs> <A> warriors drink. <laughs> oh my god! So
0: now,
2: really quickly, I, I wanted to ask this about Seven, though, because you know the last yeah. time we see Seven of Nine in Voyager, of course, she's still very Borg-like, doesn't have a whole lot of personality. Let me rephrase that: she had a lot of personality, but you know what I mean. It wasn't very human-like, and now all of a sudden, right. oh, she's this kind of you know disgruntled battered warrior now you know she's out with the rangers and she's totally human now and it's okay what did you think though the way that they went from voyager to this what did you think of her her character progression
1: it's interesting because for me i've really felt that her character is kind of turned into what happened to harry kim in the episode timeless the hundredth episode of voyager yep where the the ship crashes into the ice planet everyone dies so Fifteen years later, hardened and bitter. Battered. Harry yeah, Kim sure. is the one, but yeah, and yeah. and that's kind of what I saw with her character. I was like, wow, they're kind of giving her the timeless treatment. You yeah, know, that episode. Yeah. So I like it. It's definitely something that works. I really think that they should have brought Kim back as her husband. Would have been <laughs> better.
0: They're going um. though. <laughs> the so.
2: yeah, they're going the lesbian route instead. of,
0: like, I know. No, oh, they okay.
1: should have
2: went with Kim as the husband. And all of the guys now are disappointed.
1: You know what? I would have just relinquished my name of Kim. I would have been Mr. Nine. I would there have been Mr. Go.
0: Seven. Yeah.
2: Mr. Mr. Unimatrix. So uh, I, yeah,
0: <laughs> I heard that the writers, because she ended with Chakotay, right? She ended and with Chakotay. Yeah. The writers, because some of them that are working on the show, have written books, and they flat out apparently have said they don't want her to be with Chakotay. Mm. They have a completely different story, and they're going that route. And I think in the next season, or maybe when they get close to the spinoff, they're going to show a more backstory, like what happened to Jakote, what happened to her child and all of this stuff, what caused her to toughen up. Yeah. And then yeah. like, where she ended up to get to where she is now. So I think we will see a lot more of that.
2: That's good. I hope you get the invite to come in for season two somehow. I mean, come on. You got to be in there. I just want to have a
1: scene with Seven where finally... Kim hooks up with seven <laughs> and then she's completely just like out of breath. <laughs> no. And then I look at her, I go, once you go Asian, you never go Caucasian. No. baby." Is what I'm going to say on there. You know what? <laughs> You're going to be
0: the reason she became a lesbian.
1: <laughs> You'll be like, See? I'll assimilate that, you that, that's any a day. a true statement from your significant other right there. Always, always pulling you back down to reality. Kim will be the reason why she, <laughs> she becomes a lesbian. Okay.
2: There will be some awkward conversation about your Borg nanoprobe and all that good stuff. And,
0: <laughs> like Chakotay dies, you come in to console her and she's like, vulnerable and it happens and she's like, oh no, I can't be this way.
2: <laughs> it just never oh, worked. It never worked.
0: Line, where Elnor says to her, are you going assimil- to assimilate me now? Aww. Yeah. So- Aww.
2: I love Elnor. He's a great character. At first people were kind of like, what is this? And I thought, no, he's cool. Give him some time. Yeah. I got to tell you, I loved the show. There were a lot of haters and when i mean haters like these people were militantly angry and i thought okay you know you have some fair points there were there were a few things there but you know many of them were out there just saying you can't call this star trek it's just not star trek and
0: you know i can see where
2: some of their points come from but you know i didn't agree with them on all their points and i have my opinion i like the show and i like where yeah. it went there were yeah. the, the one thing i mean you you know we've talked about this a little bit was the dystopian aspect and the language and some of those other things that just didn't feel very star trek like but at the same yeah. time, it made sense because, you know, when you've got a kind of a crumbled Federation and you've got, you know, the infiltration yeah. of the Talshiar and other things, you know, it's going to yeah. make sense. It's going to kind of screw up this utopian thing you've created. We were reviewing the show and I keep saying, like, I really hope that as the show progresses, you're going to see more of that return to that redemption of what the Federation stood for originally. I
1: hope. Yeah, I did like the inclusion of of Tamlin Tamita. And was she half? Vulcan and half uh, Romulan. Yeah. Yeah. I liked her inclusion just because, you know, it's always nice to see an Asian face every now and, oh, and yeah. then in Star oh, Trek. Yeah. And if you remember, she was the love interest in Cardi Kid too. Right? Oh yes, I remember that very well. <laughs> Daniel San was in Okinawa, right? Yeah, and Kumiko was in love. With Kamala Tabita.
2: <laughs> I know it was the first thing I ever saw her in, and I was just like, oh my gosh, she's so cool. Oh, I know, because I, I grew up in oh, those yeah, movies.
1: Yeah. She's a very, very good actress. Um, she is. And a friend of mine as well. So, Oh, nice. Uh, I'm so that she's on there,
2: yeah. Yeah, she's, I, I love her. I'm, in fact, when I saw her, I was like, yay. I just love everything yeah. she's in. You know, there's, there's some actors and actresses you just love everything they're in, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's cool. Nothing against that. Uh, and I can't think of her name, but Rizzo, that character, I hated it. hated her. Who? Uh,
0: that was...
2: Narek's sister.
0: List? Yeah. I think her name's Peyton list.
2: Peyton list. Yes. Thank you. That's her name. Yeah. I just couldn't stand her character. was
0: very like Elvish Lord of the Rings.
2: Yeah. Why did you not like her? There's Brian?
0: a lot of people that agree with you. They didn't like her either. She was, yeah. To um, me, she was very like flat.
2: Yes. So I don't know if it was an acting issue. I don't know her. Uh-huh. I've seen her in other shows. Like she was in the tomorrow. People loved that show. Didn't like her character there either. Oh, I saw her somewhere else. Didn't like her character there. So maybe it's an acting thing. I don't know. But um, also she was really an annoying. I mean, you you were meant to hate her, of course. Yeah, but that's the point, though. Exactly. She's, she's supposed to be annoying. That's the but whole thing. There are characters that you, you know what I mean? Like, like we hated Khan, but we loved him. You know, the original. It's like we, we loved that we hated him. You know, there are, there are villains out there that yeah. you absolutely love because you hate him so much and they're done so well. Yeah. This was one yeah. where I was like, she's kind of annoying and I wish we didn't see much of her. I don't know. Okay. i And nothing against no, I, Peyton, I, by I, the way. Nothing against her I, at all. I, I don't I know understand if it was her or not. It and could have been a direction.
1: Right. A, good, a good villain is someone who you want to see more screen time of, but you absolutely detest them because of how yes. horrible they are in the, in yeah. the project. And I, I talked about this in another, another podcast that I was doing. I was mentioning that the perfect example would be Jason Isaacs in The Patriot, He plays the British commander guy. Man, you hate his guts. It's like, oh, but he's so great on screen. Like when you watch him, he, his charisma, his presence, his energy is perfect. You know, he's just, oh, such a good, such a good actor.
2: Well, we, you know, we used to review Arrow back when it was big, you know, and season two when they brought in Slade Wilson. You know, Manu Bennett, who played Slade Wilson? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, everybody hated him. He was the most ruthless thing. Everybody was like, he needs to die. We're all shouting, you know, (laughs) on our TVs. But we loved him. And we're like, more, more, bring him back. So, yeah, you know, you just, you're right. You got to have the character that can sell it or the actor that can sell it. And, again, nothing against Peyton at all. But, yeah, it's just one of those characters I thought, eh, didn't do it for me. But who knows? We'll see. Right. I loved um, him. I loved Soji though. She did a really good job. Kind of a newer actress.
1: Yeah, and I think that's for as far as I know. I mean, you don't have a lot of uh, Filipino uh, female, you know, leads yeah. in in Hollywood. I don't. I, I haven't really seen that. Right. I mean, if you talk about Filipino actors, my first thought is going to be to the actor who played Rufio in Hook. You know, oh, yeah. um, Dante Bosco, awesome. like yeah. way back when. Yeah, like yeah. his he comes from an all acting family. All the Bosco brothers. I remember there was, I guess, one Filipino Broadway star, Leia Salonga, who did. Oh yes. my gosh! What is it? When uh, it was a South Pacific or uh, one of the one of the Broadway shows that mm-hmm. that has a lot of Asians in it, and so other than that, I've never seen or come across an Filipino actress that has come to the forefront, and she has uh, the Soji character, and she's definitely. Holding her own, that's for sure, because she's yep. playing multiple characters on there, right? That's not easy. True. And it's
0: interesting. She was a Broadway actress, too. Oh,
1: oh she was? Yeah, yeah. She,
0: was in, she was in Hamilton, the Soji girl. Oh,
1: she was in Hamilton. Yep. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I know this is one of her... Loves Hamilton. Have you seen Hamilton yet, Brian? No, no, I have not. Oh, you got to see that. If it comes to, to Denver or anywhere near you, yeah. I would highly recommend that you and the wife... That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, Yeah. I
2: I will check it out. Well, you know, they are doing some plays right now on, you know, free online. So maybe we can uh, find something like that to watch, but we'll do. Hey, speaking of Denver, you guys, I mean, I I know this is not happening anymore, but you know, you were doing galaxy fest down in Colorado as well. And uh, I don't think that's happening, but are you doing any kind of, I mean, no cons right now, of course, but do you have any cons coming up? Do you have anything in Colorado coming up?
1: No. And and you know, I'm so bummed that what happened with, with denver comic-con you know they were using me like every year because i was moderating so it was myself and claire kramer that were the two constants like we did the three or four years in a row of of denver comic-con yeah part of the reason why they kept bringing us back was because we were we were the celebrity moderators we were moderating all the panels that that needed a good moderator right and then all all of a sudden out of the blue my manager that was my contact person that brought me to denver comic-con she said oh yeah um one of the people that runs Denver Comic-Con, they were like on vacation. They came across some guy <laughs> that, at a bar or something that they, Oh geez. <laughs> so now he's going to moderate all the panels. I'm like, Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> That's fine. So yeah. So that was the end of my, my Denver Comic-Con. Bummer. phase.
2: Get you hooked up in Northern Colorado. Cause we've got Fort Collins Comic-Con. They're doing amazing, amazing work for a lot of the local people. And then they bring in, yeah. it, it's, it's the right thing. It's about the fans. It's about the people. You know, oh, it's I not about it. the money, and I've yeah. I've even said, well, you don't really have a whole lot of like celebrity guests. Would you like some? And he's like, well, yeah, actually, that'd be great. So there you go. Oh, we great. can hook you okay. up with that. What,
1: what month is that, by the way?
2: Well, it's in August, and who knows if it's actually going to actually oh. happen? We'll yeah. have to see. But in the meantime, they might be doing something kind of an online for this year, and then mm. bringing it back into person next year. So
1: yeah, maybe yeah, that'd be great. We'll, we'll chat. Love that. We'll-
2: yeah, we'll chat
1: about. Yeah, I honestly feel that it, anything that's going to be scheduled for any time in April, May, or June is just not going to happen unless you know? everyone just stays inside. Well, yeah, if everyone well, if everyone well. really was super super anal, if they took the example of the germaphobes that we all know in our lives, like, everyone knows one germaphobe before this whole thing happened that would always wash their hands. Yeah, that's you know? me. Literally. That's totally me from the Star Trek world. Uh, executive producer of Voyager, Brandon Braga was like that. Yeah. Holy. <laughs> If he touched and if he shook anybody's hand, he was, you know, he was first using sanitizer and then soap and water after that. Oh, it's man. like, oh my God. Yeah. And I I used to laugh at him, and then now I'm like, he's so smart. I mean, this yeah. is how you stop, you know, sickness. One thing I wanted to share in terms of something that Megan showed me, and you may have heard this, Brian. It was it was basically a, a translation of a Spanish medical journal that had gotten information from the chinese medical staff about what they've found out about the virus it attaches to clothing and it attaches to hair okay Mm, yep so when you're out and and it's funny because so many american guys are are growing those long 1850s beards you know and everything and it's like (laughs) guys you need to cut that stuff now and just shave it all off when you go out to do your essentials, like shopping for groceries, yeah, this yeah. audio file talks about when you come home, you need to take off the clothes that you went out in and you need to wash them immediately. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those need to be washed. Then your hands need to be washed after you've taken those clothes off and you need to take a shower because remember your hair, it sticks to your hair, right? And then they were talking about, they found out that when you first touch your face or if, or if you inhale it, or if you, you know, if someone coughs on you and it gets into your eyes, your no, your nasal passages. The coronavirus actually will rest in your throat for a period of 24 to, to 36 hours before it moves into your lungs. Mm. So they were saying in this audio file, it's really important that you drink hot tea or even hot water right after you come out from grocery shopping. Drink a couple, you know, a couple glasses of tea at night, gargle with hot, hot water, you know, I mean, with maybe some salt in there, you mm-hmm. know, so it's all about trying to, because if you drink hot, tea what it does it, it washes the virus into your stomach where the stomach acids will then eliminate the virus right nice. stomach acids nice. down there yeah. take care of that so it doesn't it doesn't get into your lungs you know all these little tips that i heard off of this audio file i was thinking wow these are things that although they're not there's no testing to say that this is true but it's to me it makes sense it's sort of like okay yeah. If it attaches to your hair and attaches to your clothing, make sure that whatever you wear out, wash that, drink hot tea. And so I've been doing that because I'm the only one leaving the house now. Every time I come back, I just, I make some tea for myself. That's good. Boil some water, drink drink it while it's hot, not while it was lukewarm. You know, you want that thing to flush it all down. So these are good tips.
2: That's really good. You know, and the other thing that I've been hearing too is, you know, you should go in with like the latex gloves. If you're shopping, you should not have your hands touching anything. And then of course like washing everything. In fact, they're saying like you grab milk and you come back and you sanitize the carton, you know, and you, I mean, literally, literally stuff like that, washing banana skin, everything, like anything that you're touching, anything you're bringing home needs to be, you know, disinfected before you put it in your actual refrigerator or whatever. And then the other thing is like, if you're having stuff shipped to you, which is another recommendation is to use grocery shipping, you know, have Amazon or whole foods or whatever shipped to you rather than you going out and then leave the boxes and the bags outside on your porch, yeah. grab the stuff inside, sanitize it, and then throw that stuff away. So, yeah. I mean, it is, if you think about it, it's crazy how over the top we have to be. And maybe we're yeah. too much over the top. I don't know. But at the same time, you know, why not be safe, better safe than sorry. But yeah, I mean, the why, other why, thing, don't we, why don't we be more aggressive about this until we see that curve flattening yeah, right totally. now. It's flattening. I'm an extrovert and I love getting out. I love seeing people. This is very difficult, but Just stay home and isolate and relax and well, don't even isolate, just physically isolate and connect online with everyone else. I mean, this is the whole thing. Stay connected and, you know, reach out and ask how people they're doing.
0: Every Friday at the same time, we do an online dinner with friends that we met on the cruise that we were just on. Oh, nice. We'll do like a video dinner. That's awesome. Because then you kind of forget what's going on. You're talking to everyone. You're seeing everyone.
1: Yeah, we just did the Star Trek cruise. Um, that cruise was March 1st to the 8th. So it was Ooh. one of the last cruises to get done before they shut the cruises down. Wow. And that was a, an amazing experience. Megan and then a, another friend of ours that was on the cruise, Aaron, they're both vegan. So whenever it wasn't the standard meal times and, you had to go to the cafeteria to grab some late night food. There was very we few didn't
0: eat dinner. Yeah, there times where we missed lunch and dinner because the schedule because the scheduling,
1: scheduling yeah, um, yeah so so compact that uh, go to the when Lido. we got to the, the, the cafeteria they yeah. just had very few vegan options Nachos,
0: salsa, um, yeah so then fries, they got yeah. so then
1: they every night they started getting fries and guac oh. so it, fries and guacamole was what it was so. Man. So then they started a, a Facebook like group <laughs> called Fries and Guac. Or <laughs> nice. Guac or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. So now that is our basic every Friday. We have fries and guac, Friday and guac every, Friday. every Friday night. That's awesome. And then we, we Zoom. We have probably close to, I don't know, gosh, the last one had probably like.
0: There was like less than 30 people.
1: Yeah. But just so that's a under lot. Of people,
0: people. Just under 30
1: people. That's so cool, uh, though. All over the country. And we're just eating our fries and talking and chatting. So,
2: yeah. More Oh, that's great! You know, connecting—I feel like people are actually being more intentional about connecting now than they ever have been. You know, in the last five yeah, years, so that's a really good so. thing. Yeah, it's. I'm neat.
0: curious to see how people will be after this all. Like, if they'll continue reaching out. Like, because that's something that I don't want to take for granted anymore. Yeah. Where it's like you schedule something, and you're like, oh no, I'm so busy now. I can't. I can't. I can't. Like it's constant excuses. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if people are gonna continue reaching out in person when this all ends or if it'll just kind of eventually kind of go under the rug
2: so you're saying like falling back in old habits of just like "Eh, I'm busy now and yeah you know what I think for a time because this happened after 9-11 for a time it's going to be this you know people are going to actually be intentional and you know like after 9-11 everybody's flying their American flags and it was just and then you know a couple years later it's like everybody forgot about it yeah I hope this continues
0: yeah I hope it continues too I have an intention to continue with the friends that I've met Good, and just reach out regularly on certain days, certain times. We should yeah. continue your reactions to Star Trek on my stories. Oh my God.
1: So <laughs> Even Megan is, is doing Instagram stories where um, we're watching or like binge watching TNG episodes. And so oh, nice. she will record me because like, she's on the couch and I'm on this uh, recliner chair. And so... She'll record just random snippets of me reacting to the episode.
0: You find it so. And
1: funny. I do. I just find it so. It's just, to me, there's there's a lot of humor in there because I, I oh, really yeah. haven't that many TNG episodes. Yeah, it's before. like, this is all new to me. This is my here. first time. Really? So I'm watching this. and Yeah. So, and people are like, well, how is that possible? It's because yeah. in college, my first time watching TNG was when I was in college, when it came on the air, right? And yeah. I was like, oh, I was so excited because I'm a sci fi fan. What's the name of the episode with Tasha Yar? Where she has to
2: fight the alien woman in a cage. Um, oh, code of Honor. Code of Honor. Yep, yep. That was like the third or fourth episode, right? Yeah. So that yeah. came on,
1: right? So I didn't watch the pod. So I'm watching that. I'm going, oh! <laughs> I just remember they go. They get down the path the planet, and Picard is there, and this alien starts walking towards Picard, and all, all the aliens are they're black, they're African American, they're wearing turbans. I remember that. Yeah, and they had a gift, and he was had a little box. He's 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 motioning it towards Picard, and then Tashiyar grabs him and flips him and. <laughs> knocks the guy on the ground, right? Right, I remember that. And yeah. Picard's like, "Oh, sorry, that's you know, sorry about that, you know." Uh, and the guy goes, "But I was giving you a gift, like he was giving him something as a present." Yeah. And then Picard apologizes. He goes, "I'm sorry, my security chief, you know, did this to you." And and then the guy goes, "Your security chief is a woman!" Yeah. Like he gets, he flips out about that, right? And I remember watching this going god the dialogue sucks and oh, then the yeah. fight I watched the whole episode and then the fight at the end in the cage I go Ugh. this sucks too yeah. and that I remember the 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 alien fighting Tasha she just looked ridiculous I mean they they had this huge afro on her that had a headband it just it just looked stupid yeah. and I thought this is TNG. I just turned off the TV. I watched the whole episode. It was my sophomore year in college, I think at UCLA. And so then six months later, I turn on TNG to watch it again. It's a rerun of Code of Honor. I'm like, what? What? So then I turn that off immediately. I don't watch it again. And I wait for a year and a half to watch TNG again. And it is yet again, another rerun of Code of Honor. Oh my gosh. So then I knew that it was a sign from God that I was not to watch TNG. And that's and, one of I, the worst you, episodes. Well, I'll tell you, yeah, I'll yeah. tell you, it was meant to be, it was fate, because if I had seen any other episode of TNG that wasn't that one, I would have been a huge fan. I would have watched all the episodes. When it came down to my audition for Ensign Kim, knowing that this was the series that was replacing TNG, I think I would have been so freaked out that I probably would not have gotten the role of of Harry, that mm. I would have screwed up my audition because I was too, I would have been too, like, just... You like know, fan shell boy. shocked fan boy. and fanboy. Yeah, yeah I'd be yeah, too Totally.
2: Boy. Uh, well, hey, no, that's a good story because yes, and you know what, Code of Honor to this day is still one of my least favorite episodes. I think Shades of, <laughs> of Grey is probably the least one. But
1: hey, know, writers say it's one of the one of the weakest or the worst written episodes of TNG. Oh, period.
2: really? And you know, honestly, you look at season one. You got to remember this was the '80s, and the '80s was still cheesy in general. You know, when it came to a lot oh, of yeah. shows, but season yeah. one and two there were a lot of really bad episodes and cheesy episodes and they did not really find their ground until season three. And then it was like, Oh, Hey, now we're getting somewhere. And then it just took off, but it was the yeah. same thing with like almost every show. I mean, I feel like even Voyager struggled in the first season, you know, DS nine struggled in the, fr- everybody did enterprise. Yeah, did. It's
1: always, and you know what? It's interesting because I think the struggle happens more with, with actors getting comfortable with techno babble and getting comfortable with blue screen, which eventually became green screen okay yeah, because yeah. when you start off as a theater actor which i think 99% of all truck actors started in theater okay if you have a conservatory type training if you go to uh, if you're a theater major in college you learn how to break down scenes you know you you learn stage combat you learn uh, voice for the actor movement you learn all these things to prepare you for life on the stage they do not teach you Acting with green screen. You know, they do not oh, yeah. teach you dealing yeah. with techno babble. You know, there's a lot of things uh, that are not taught when you prepare to be, when you learn your craft in the beginning. And so I think the first couple of seasons really was a time that most Trek actors are just getting used to just dealing with all these very specific things you have to deal with, with Star Trek itself, you know, sure. with sci-fi yeah. and Star Trek. And so by the time season three rolls around, people are much more comfortable. Yeah. They're on a roll. I always make the example of, of Jodie Foster, who's an Academy Award winning actress, and she's amazing. But when she did Contact, that movie, that the film where, yeah. they, where she comes in contact with the aliens, she looks so uncomfortable doing green screen. I made this comment to the guy that played the blind guy, William Fichtner, that actor. He was on a plane with me once flying somewhere. I made that comment to him, and he got so mad. He was like, <laughs> I don't agree with that at all. She was great. And I almost want to say, listen up, mofo. I think I I have a little bit to say about green screen. I've done more than you ever have, for sure, with 175 episodes of Voyager. I think I've done more than you have ever done green screen. I think I'm an expert on green screen. And I saw what I saw. I'm not saying she's a bad actress. I'm saying that she was uncomfortable and a little awkward in dealing
2: with that. Absolutely. Yeah, it happens. I mean, you look at like... Star Wars episode two, you know, the attack of the clones. And there was so much green screen in that. And I mean, Natalie Portman looked awkward, you know, and she's a great yeah. actress, you know, and, but you exactly. know, I was, I was even going to say with Star Trek, I felt like DS nine, especially, you know, the writers were trying to be the next generation. It was like, we're the next generation, but on a space station. And you know, it took them a while. And then they of course added the defiant in, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, now you're, you're coming into your own. And I think yeah. it's just gotta be hard because you know, when you're coming off the next generation then it's yeah. like, well, everything's got to be as good or it's got to be the same or we're going to upset fans. And so they're trying to, you know, we saw that a lot. We saw that in Voyager. We saw that in DS9 a little bit. I think Enterprise was just trying to figure out, what are we doing? We're pre, should we be like Kirk or, and then they got it. I mean, that third season of Enterprise was incredible, but they lost a right. lot of people by then. So, and then Discovery, you know, comes in and everybody's like, what is this? It's so different. Season two is good. I wasn't I, as I, much I, of a I fan of season one. off the bat. I did. did you? I didn't have what did you think of Discovery, Megan? Did you like it off the bat? Yeah, I did. Yeah.
1: I didn't have any issues with it, except for you know the fact that they were dropping some f bombs there, and I, yeah. that shocked me. Yeah. But I still, I still was very attracted to that show. I, I thought yeah. I
2: it was a good show. You know, you know the, my biggest complaint with the show, and I didn't realize this until getting through most of season two, was the character development in that show was lacking compared to every other Star Trek. You know, but like I was even saying, like I don't even know the bridge half the bridge crew's names.
1: Yeah, it was shocking that none of the other bridge crews spoke like even a word, literally the season one. And all of a sudden, then they started to have voices, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, these guys can talk, too.
2: Yeah. Like you said at the very beginning, it's just great to have more Trek. And I'm excited about that. So.
1: Yeah, most definitely.
2: Yeah. Well, Garrett Megan, we probably better wrap up. But thank you both. Really appreciate you both being on and talking and hanging out and catching up. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I love these conversations. These episodes are so much fun. I hope you're having a great time with them. I hope it's starting your week off right. That's our goal. That's our plan. Garrett, Megan, thank you so much for being on the show. You know what the music means. All right. Show notes. realbrianshow.com/two slash 222. You can get the link to the original episode, The Root of the Issue with Garrett and Megan, or you can just scroll down back to the very beginning of the show to hear that episode. I hope this was positive and encouraging for you. Hey, have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday. It's going to be fun. Lord Thunder joins us. This is The Real Brian Show, signing off.
0: The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.